0: Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Command Space. My name is Mike Hurley and this is a show on the glorious 5x5 network and I have a, a colleague with me today and that's Gina Trapani. Hi, Gina.
1: Hi, how are you? I
0: am very well. How are you?
1: Good. I'm, thank you for having me on today.
0: Oh no, I'm, I'm very excited. We've got some exciting stuff to talk about today. But um, you've been on the show before, but for, for anybody that, that doesn't know who Gina is, what do you like to be known for?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, so my, I like to be known for my old thing and my new thing. So my old thing, which is the thing that most people know me for, which is um, I started Lifehacker, which is a productivity blog that's still going strong. Uh, I left Lifehacker a while ago back in 2009, but that's Lifehacker just has that kind of name recognition. Like I think people say like, oh, right, she's the Lifehacker lady. I actually uh,
0: forget that all the time now.
1: Uh, oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm moving toward the forgetting. I'm ready to do the new thing that's as well known as the old thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, so the new thing is is ThinkUp, which is an open source. It's two things. It's an open source um, application that I've been building for a few years. And as of just recently, it's also a company that I co-founded with Anil Dash, um, which is going to offer the open source app as a web service.
0: So, be- before we started recording, you mentioned that I had a new avatar, which I have on Twitter. Behind me, Anil Dash is behind me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's Anil. Because <laughs> that picture was taken uh, by a friend of mine, Dan Provost, at um, XOXO in Wh- Portland. Uh,
1: okay. Wow. He's everywhere. He's good. He's good. Wow. So,
0: Anil, is, he's creeping up behind me.
1: He's inherent. He is creeping
0: up behind <laughs> you. <both. laughs>
1: Literally and metaphorically. <laughs> He's going to laugh. I'm excited. Is he is he aware of this? I'm going to tell him. I
0: I don't think so.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to I'll leave it as a surprise. I'll just have him listen to this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to see on the uh on the uncropped Image, which yes. I'll find yeah yeah I'm,
1: look, I'm looking at your avatar on skype right now which is the larger version it's harder to see you've sort of cropped him out a little bit on Twitter yeah uh, it's cropped more on the right side there which is where he's at
0: no offense you <laughs> I just you know figured that maybe we didn't need to share my avatar but I'm happy to, to, to feature you more prominently if, if that's what you'd like <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're also a podcaster you have uh, you are a, a co-host of two very successful podcasts.
1: Yeah, I do in beta here on the 5x5 Network with Kevin Purdy, which I really, really enjoy. Um, and I do two shows on the Twit Network. I do All About Android, which is an Android news show. That's on Tuesday nights. And then I do a This Week in Google, which is a Google news show. Uh, I'm just kind of lazy. I like to do my prep work once and then be able to do two shows. It's kind of, there's some overlap there. Android news is Google news. Oh,
0: yes, of um, course. How can yeah. I forget? All about Android, because uh, you haven't always been a host of that show, have you? You took over from Eileen Rivera.
1: I did. That's right. That's right. That's relatively. That's relatively new. I guess it was last January, so not that new, man. Wow, really? Flies. Yeah, yeah.
0: How do these time things flies. creep up on us like this?
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, the podcasting has has been really, really fun, and I've just been sort of an accidental, you know, sort of an accidental thing. I happened into it and started to really enjoy it, and I found that it kept me. Kind of on my toes and keeping up with with news and was having such good conversations that it just suddenly I'm doing three shows, you know. That's how um, it
0: happens with most people. Like, oh, I'll give this a go, and then, like in my case, four years later, uh, started a network, built twelve shows, uh, merged with five by five. Like, this is stuff stuff just happens in podcasting. <laughs> it's it's very strange. It is.
1: It's really, but it's so it's so neat to see the medium. You know, blossom really the way that it, that it has in the past few years. I, I was just sort of riding along with it, and then I watched um, Marco's uh, Marco Arment's talk at XOXO, where he was just like, "Podcasting is awesome, and here's all the reasons why it's awesome." And I was like, "You know, he's right. He's right. Yep. This is why I do this."
0: That was my um, my favorite talk, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of the festival <laughs> i really enjoyed it that was uh, i was really pleased to actually be there and hear that because it was uh it was quite quite an experience there's at one point when when marco says podcasts are awesome and somebody cheers out and he's like <laughs> oh, that that's guy you. that's me <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was you that is so great i we'll was very you, caught I, up I, I, xoxo has landed like on my daughter's birthday both time that it's happened like literally the first one was like my wife was pregnant and was very quickly soon going to have a baby and then this year it was on her birthday like the weekend of her birthday so i, I wasn't able to make it and i watched um a few of the talks on youtube and they were good but like the emotional pitch was so kind of high, and it was like, oh, this is you really had to be there. It was it was yeah. the it was the strongest evidence of like you had to be there that I, that I saw. Like the talks were good, but it was also you could tell that there was a lot of there was a, there was a particular energy in the room that just didn't translate.
0: Everything is is done at a high emotional level, like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of strange, like because it's obviously it's it's real emotion coming from people. But for example, Andy Bio, who he like introduces all of the talks, and he's very emotional throughout the whole thing. Just mm-hmm. because he, you know, it's his thing that he's he's created. So it's it's that's very interesting. Like to hear him. Every person that he announces, he sounds like he's going to cry every time he announces them, which uh-huh. is which is also like a running joke of the thing. But everybody's it's it's an interesting festival because it's just basically people talking about things that make them self conscious.
1: Right. Right. Therapy sessions. Right. Exactly. Like vulnerability mm-hmm. and. There's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so a lot
0: of that and fear and and that sort of stuff. Um, right, so, ThinkUp, that's what we're going to talk about today, because you are currently in in the process of crowdfunding ThinkUp, and we're going to get to that in a bit, but why don't you give me, and everybody, probably more the listeners than just me, uh, an overview of what ThinkUp is.
1: So, ThinkUp is, it's a web application, um, and its goal is to make you feel better, feel good about the time that you spend on social networks like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Um, the, the premise is that we, that, that we, meaning my intended users, spend a lot of time on these networks, connecting with our friends, building friends lists, pushing out links, commenting, liking, etc. And And these services do a good job of kind of in-the-moment conversations and connections, um, but that, you know, a lot of us have been doing this just for years now, and we've entered so much data into these systems. Um, And I think, I believe, that we can learn so much more about ourselves and our connections, you know, our networks, our friends, and our content, and our histories, our personal histories, by, like, through the lens of all this social data that we've pumped into these systems for all these years. And so that's ThinkUp's job. So ThinkUp is a web application you... You, right now you can install it for free, it's open source, so you can download it, you can install it for free on your web server, It's the installation is similar to WordPress, which is a little too hard still, and we'll get to that, but once you have it set up, you connect your Twitter account, and your Facebook account, and your YouTube account, and your Foursquare account, and it starts pulling in all your social data, all your data from these systems, be, use, using their APIs, and then it starts showing you insights into that data. Um, so... It's, you know, for for nerds, for geeks, I can say, this is social data analytics. And they're like, oh, yes, this is, yes, this is charts and, you know, bar graphs and pie graphs and, and that kind of thing. It does have those things, but we, we also, we didn't, we started out by building, like, a Google Analytics for social data. And, you know, Google Analytics is fine. It's this dashboard with charts, um, but we refined the experience, the user experience now, where it's just this reverse chronological feed, a news feed, similar to Facebook's news feed of insights. So Google, uh, think up. excuse me, will tell you things like the kind of standard stuff that you that you, that you can imagine. Like, you know, which one of my posts got the biggest reaction last week? Or, you know, what time of day does my stuff get the most likes or favorites? Um, or like at my current rate, you know, when am I going to reach 1,000 followers? Mm-hmm. This is pretty standard kind of data analytics uh, stuff. Um, And and that's good. And that's kind of a staple of ThinkUp. But ThinkUp can also, it's all pluggable um, and extensible. But it can also do things like deeper things. Like, you know, are any of my new followers located in my town? Um, You know, how many more people saw a post because I retweeted it? Do I mostly retweet men or women? Hmm. Um, it It can really kind of do deeper analytics and connect to other APIs too. So if you use Bitly, you know how many which are one of my links did people click the most. Um or Google Maps, you know, how many miles away, what's the furthest reply I got from my tweet, you know, was it was it uh London or was it, you know, New York, that kind of thing.
0: Why do you think nerds want to know this data? Like do you well, think that there's a I mean cuz obviously businesses can use it, but Mm -hmm. i've signed up and can't wait to find all that stuff out but i don't know (laughs) why like why do you think we want to know that stuff
1: well our bet is that people want to get better at this stuff um and that these these bits of information that these, these 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 little facts about what you've done will get you make you better a better participant will make you better at using these networks and I mean, you, get, you think about it sort of like quantified self. Like we, we know what quantified self is. It's like you know, it's wearing a Fitbit that counts the number of steps that you've taken, or it's you know, running something like Rescue Time that like monitors you know what applications you've used on your computer and for how long, and then you get this summary at the end of the you know at the end of the week. Like you walked more this this week than last week, or you slowed down a lot and you laid around on the couch. And like this is the the idea of like personal betterment through your data um, kind of applies to to think up as well.
0: So. Where did the whose idea was it? Like did you and Anil come up with it together? Was it your idea? Have you been working on it together the whole time? Yeah,
1: you know, the seed of the idea was mine back in 2009 when Twitter was um, a lot more crashy huh. <laughs> and a lot less featured than it is now. I got really frustrated because I couldn't see all the replies to one tweet in one thread. That has changed since, like if you you know if you click on a tweet permalink now on Twitter, you can see replies in the page. That didn't used to be the case. Um, so I started writing this software. I called it back then Twitolitic, which was a terrible name.
0: I remember <laughs> now. I remember <laughs> yeah. hearing that.
1: So and it just compiled you know, replies into one thread because I wanted to be able to crowdsource. I was writing you know I was writing for Lifehacker and I wanted to be able to say ask a question. You know what's the best cheap Mac editor you know out there and be able to compile all those responses into one. So the seed of the idea was mine, and the, and the seed of the code was was mine to begin with. But Anil did what he does best, which was he was able to look at that and just see a whole world of possibility um, around connecting to multiple networks and and finding deeper insights and making a, pl- a pluggable platform. He, he, he and I, our relationship is such as that I... I I get focused really on the nuts and bolts of things and he sees kind of big picture and we meet somewhere in the middle. So um, once, he, once he started talking to me about it, got a kind of, you know, bug in my ear about what, what would be possible, I started to think bigger about it. So I think it's, I would say it's really both of our, both of our ideas.
0: So I want to take a, a very quick break to thank one of our sponsors, but I've got so much more that, that I want to ask you about this stuff, so... Great. Um, I want to take a quick moment to thank Squarespace. They are, of course, one of our sponsors this week. Uh, you know about Squarespace by now, surely. You know that they're amazing. You know that they give you absolutely everything that you need to create an exceptional website. You know that they have beautiful templates. You know they have 24-7 customer support. You know that they have... Apps, they have stats, all of this amazing stuff built right in. But it's something I want to talk to you about today, which you might not know too much about, and that's Squarespace Commerce. Squarespace Commerce is Squarespace's system that allows you to sell any type of product using just one interface. You can sell digital goods, physical goods, and integrate a store into any existing Squarespace site. Their store platform integrates beautifully into any of their fantastically designed templates. They have a fantastic order management interface that lets you easily track outstanding orders, resend customer update emails, print packing slips. They can take in like shipping. So if you want to ship something, they can help you calculate that. They have like a shipping calculator and stuff, and you can look at box sizes and all that fun stuff. They have tax rules by region. It can help you with all of that, so you don't have to worry about those little things. They've partnered with Stripe, And you can set up an account with Stripe within 30 seconds. Stripe charged 2.9% plus 30% per successful transaction. Squarespace put no additional transaction fees on top of that. And Squarespace Commerce works wherever Stripe is working. So that's the US, the UK, Canada, Australia, Belgium, France, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Spain that's awesome that they've got all of that stuff you can set up customizable order emails you can have in these emails if you're sending digital goods you can send customized links that expire within 24 hours they have thought of everything you can designate store managers who have control over inventory and you can move your inventory from some from another provider like shopify or big cartel in just a few clicks and you can start with your squarespace site running their commerce platform straight away, instantly. So go check this out for yourself. Go sign up for a free trial of Squarespace. Poke around and see how amazing it is. So just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TallyHo10. That's going to get you 10% off. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. Thanks so much to Squarespace for the support of the show and all of 5 by 5 So Gina, how long have you been working on ThinkUp as a full-time thing for you?
1: Oh, uh, well, that's a, that's a fraught question. So I... How long have we working on it full time? I'd say it's been really kind of on and off. It's been one of those things we've been bootstrapping the business for the past eighteen months. And by bootstrapping, I mean I've been doing sort of freelance gigs, podcasts, that kind of thing, writing a bit on the side, and then working on ThinkUp anytime that I didn't that I that I had time. That wasn't exactly full time, um, but just this past uh, July or August, we uh, Anil and I closed a round of uh, venture funding, and that enables me to work entirely full-time on ThinkUp. So it's really only been a few months, but I've been working on the app since 2009, weekends, nights, basically any time that I had that I didn't have freelance stuff going on. And and that was often, you know, two or three days a week.
0: So we spoke a little bit about some of the interesting like uh, nuggets of information that you can get from ThinkUp, you know, like saying about how uh, do you reply or favorite like men and women and stuff like that more. So that's the kind of information that it shows me. But what kind of benefits do you think that this data gives a user?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think that um, the goal is to help you get better at using these networks. So I think that a lot of good comes from living in public and participating on these social networks. Um, and I think that when you can see into the things that your followers, your subscribers respond to the most, or the, things, the assumptions that you make that get, get the most questions, or the things that people like the most... Um, it gives you a sense of, you know, these are the most more productive conversations and these, these, this is the stuff that doesn't, doesn't matter as much. Um, so our target audience isn't businesses or brands trying to engage more customers. Um, it's for people who are trying to build an audience and, um, Kind of get get their get their message out and kind of get better at this stuff. So you think people that people that are running a Kickstarter campaign or who have a podcast or who, or who have a blog or who are just starting a business or have an Etsy store or a YouTube channel, people p- who are particularly interested in um, getting out there and um, you know get, getting their thing off the ground. I mean, I, I really believe that social media works best for individuals. So we are targeting individuals. And the goal, and this is something that we really, you know, I think is a big challenge and think of, is when we present an insight, like, hey, you're going to, you know, at your current growth rate, you're going to reach 1,000 followers in a week. You know, the next logical step is, so So what? What does that mean? What should I do about that? Um, and, you know, it's, it's a challenge for an app to prescribe that sort of thing because I don't believe that there's any, you know, right way. To do social media, everybody does it kind of their own way. Um, so we we've actually been thinking a lot about the ways that we can encourage. You know, what 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 mean? What does being better at these networks mean exactly? Right? Yeah. Like and you for can us, give that's that. like making people happy, mm. creating productive conversations, learning something, spreading the word about something important or good. That's sort of, that sort of thing.
0: So like I see, like you can give that information, but it would be really great if. ThinkUp could also help me understand what to do with it. So, like, mm-hmm. like you say, I'm going to hit a thousand followers. That's excellent. Now, what though?
1: <laughs> right. What do I do with a thousand followers? What does you know? What does that mean? Um, who are these people? You know, are they are they people in my town? Are they people who found me through Command Space? Are they people who found me through Lifehacker? You know, are they people who work at a certain company? Um, so that's one of the insights ThinkUp will have as well as being able to parse out. Your followers' bios, and if I said, "Hey, you know, I'm a new parent," show me, show me all, of, you know, everybody who says, you know, that they're a mom or a dad in, in their profile, or anybody who says they work at Apple, mm. uh, for example, or Google, because that's the kind of thing that would help me, kind of in my in my work. So, um, that what do I do with this information is always the question when people get analytics. Okay, I have a chart that starts, you know, it goes up and to the right. Now what? Um, and, and I think and ThinkUp is, is definitely going to attempt to answer that question. And now what?
0: So you've been using ThinkUp, I'm sure. The whole, you know, the whole time you've been developing it, I'm sure you use it every day. Do you yep. have any examples of like things that you've done differently since you started using the since you started using the the, the app?
1: I um I have you know the app one of the, one of the insights that the app gives is that well first I should preface this by saying that you know through Lifehacker and through my podcast I've had this privilege of having a big audience uh, a, a um you know a bigger audience than most than most folks that that ha- have on these networks I, I think I I don't know how many followers I have but it's in the tens of thousands so I've turned off things like you know follower notification emails from Twitter uh, because it would just be too much um, but ThinkUp will tell me if somebody kind of really interesting follows me. So, um I'm trying to think of who the last I've, I've had situations where I've completely geeked out where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know, this person, <laughs> this person whose work I really admire, um is following me, which means I can DM him or her and, on Twitter." Um I think I think the main thing that that Twitter, the, the way that think up has changed my behavior is that it makes me be nicer and not snark as much. You know, like if I'm aware that someone who made a thing that I don't love is following me, I'm less likely to make a fail joke about it, you yeah. know? Um, not to say that criticism isn't worthwhile, but I'm less of a jerk because I'm more aware of the fact that I have a big audience and that there's something, that, that that's a privilege and that I should try to set a good example and create productive conversations versus trying to get a short-term laugh off of a, a fail joke, for example.
0: So at the, at the thinkup.com, and it's currently going to slash join, at that page you've, you've got a video where you and Anil are talking through some, some of the things that, 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 that ThinkUp gives you, and you've got some examples. And one of the things that, that it talks about quite a bit is, and, and we've spoken about it too, is knowing if people like things or if it makes them happy. Like, Mm -hmm. what does this mean? Like, do you, have you created metrics that you feel can show things that we otherwise wouldn't see?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, ThinkUp does have some criteria that will select. So if something gets uh, an unusual number of likes or an unusual number of replies, or if we've analyzed the text in the replies and we see, you know, and we do some sort of sentiment analysis... Right? And we can see that there's you know, an extra amount of happiness in the number of replies. Hmm. Like that's, the, that's the sort of criteria that we'd use to say, hey, this, you know, this was a standout post right here. Uh, people responded really well to this. You, you made your friends really happy.
0: So like for me, I'm already seeing like I could gauge who my best guests are on the show or what Absolutely. the best episodes are because of the sort of uh, responses that I get within the week of each show.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. Wow. And you can even see things like, you know, did a post travel very far? You know, did, did an unusual amount of people retweet something that I put out there or click on a link that I put out there? So you can see, you know, the content that kind of gets the biggest response and kind of gets, gets legs as well.
0: So with ThinkUp, um, I know that you, you're given the ability for people to set usernames and stuff. So will there be a public page where people can go to see some stuff about me in ThinkUp?
1: Yeah, right now, um, y- y- when you set up ThinkUp, you can choose to make your ThinkUp Insight stream public or private. So if you if you if it's private, then you need to log in to see it. If it's public, then anybody can see. So I, I so I would love it if when you know when you sign up for ThinkUp, I would love to if if you left it public, um, I could see the kind of insights that you're getting from ThinkUp. Um, so I can kind of get that that meta commentary about yeah. what you've been doing across these different networks.
0: I guess the interesting thing about that is it is all public information that it's pulling from i guess yes yeah it's 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 an interesting thing isn't it because then it feels like well now i'm getting personal information about this stuff but you're not it's just you guys are just doing interesting things with that public information
1: so when you when you get think up up and running you get the choice to either make your insights public or leave them private um assuming that your account is public the insights are all drawn from public data, but they are sort of meta information about public data in aggregate. Uh, so it is certainly something that some people want to make private, and you have the choice to do that when you, when you use the app.
0: I think it would be really interesting to see the public pages of somebody who has 1,000 and somebody who has 100,000 followers on Twitter or, you know, like 20 million Facebook friends. You know, something silly like that, just to see how that sort of stuff differs
1: absolutely it's fascinating we we ran think up for uh, the White House and for the Obama campaign as well and uh, you know as you can imagine the White House gets a tremendous amount of responses on Twitter and Facebook and so from the technical side we were just you know on the treadmill of like just keep the database up <laughs> mm-hmm. so we can get capture all the replies um, but from the insights perspective you know the scale is so different you know for someone who has a hundred followers to somebody who has a million followers um, it's fascinating how different it can be and it really made me uh, appreciate the the problem of making you know every type of users feed you know not too noisy and but 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 have enough but have enough information in it to make it worth looking at as well
0: i can't even imagine how much you developed and learned about the project through working with the white house yeah a whole that that amount of data coming in must have i guess without that think up would probably be very different today
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We went through some major scaling and optimization. We we had set up Twitter as user stream, so it's like kind of the real time push of um of of you know, events as they happened on Twitter would get pushed straight to our server and just watching, you know, I spent one mesmerizing night, it was actually the, the um not the inauguration, but the state of the union address, watching this the console just the data just sort of fly by and uh, you know, fingers crossed that the that the server would stay up and it was a tremendous um it was a perfect stress test for the app, uh, which is a lot more stable now and has definitely given us a perspective on, you know, what different needs of different types of users it
0: are. I don't think you could get a better stress test than the president during the inauguration.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: I don't think it's possible for you to, even Justin Bieber.
1: <laughs> even, well, I don't know. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I guess anytime Justin does anything, I guess that's, that's you know, that's a, like a public event.
1: <laughs> it's true
0: so think up is now uh you've now launched the you're about to launch the company and you're going for a crowdfunding at the moment mm-hmm. so at thinkupcom slash join people have the ability to go in and they can watch a video and they can read some stuff about ThinkUp and they can pledge you know in the in the the way that people are used to crowdfunding yep. um in your video you say that ThinkUp is going to be a different internet company, and you've mentioned that a few times throughout sort of the, the text that's on the page as well. Uh, at its core, what does different in, a, a different internet company mean? What will you do, and what will you not do that a regular internet company would do?
1: I think that first and foremost, we want to create the kind of Anil and I want to create the kind of internet company that people. That users root for and that users feel like are really on their side. Like I'm thinking about back to kind of the early days of Flickr and Delicious, um, the 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 kind of the kind of companies that felt very close to their users, felt um, like they respected their users' data and treated treated it with the respect that it deserved. And that's that's kind of that's our goal now, you know, starting ThinkUp, you know, we debated a lot about what our revenue stream would be like. Are we going to charge users versus do advertising? What are, the, what are the effects of those things on the company? But but for the most part, you know, first and foremost, like we know that ThinkUp is about analyzing users' personal data. You're Users are entrusting us with pulling that data and housing it and, and, and coming up with insights for it. And so we wanted to build in, and, and this was really a Neil, I have to say, I have to give him credit. He was really the lead on this, we wanted to build into the sort of the fabric or the DNA of our company from the beginning, this idea that, um, you know, users would have a say in the way that we run our company, in, the, in our terms of service, in our privacy policy, um, and that we would uh, treat our users' data with the utmost respect.
0: And that's a good thing, I think, these days to stay front. People are so concerned about data, and rightly so. I mean, you know, with the world that we're in currently, with the governments just probably, well, mm-hmm. hi NSA and GCHQ, I know that you're listening to this conversation uh, <laughs> before it goes out to the world. You know, that's, that joke is is permeating into our space quite heavily now because people mm-hmm. expect now their data to be sold. They expect it to be leaked. And I guess it's it's just refreshing that, it's baked into the DNA of a company these days, as opposed to just being something bolted on afterwards.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's the goal. And I think that we have an awareness because we've watched the way that our industry and companies have changed over, over the past, you know, 15 years. Um, and we're at a place in history where, you know, one of our users said to us, okay, you know, you're telling me you're going to respect your users' data. What are you going to do when the NSA comes knocking on your door? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and making us have to answer those questions, you know, now before we've even launched a product, that's that's the right thing. That's 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 what we wanted to encourage.
0: Why did you decide to go down the crowdfunding route for this? You know, you mentioned that you took some investment. Why not just get more investment?
1: That's a good question. So yeah, we we did take a round of um, of uh, we closed a round of funding from. Tradition, I guess you'd say traditional VCs. We were, pretty, we were pretty picky about who we decided to work with, and it was a, very, it was a relatively small round. Um, very small, I would say. <laughs> so part of the reason why we decided to do crowdfunding <clears throat> is that we want to involve our users as an investor in our company that, who are, and make our customers or our users kind of the same as, as an investor. We want to be as accountable to our users as we are to our investors. Um, ThinkUp's an open source app. From the beginning, it was built by the community for the community, right? I've, we've, we've, I've always had, you know, there's dozens and dozens of programmers who've submitted code to think up the app, and we want to think up the company to be kind of as, quote-unquote, open source as the app. Uh, so we wanted our customers and our users to be invested in us kind of in the same way as our investors because we're, we're, we're building the service right now. It's going to launch in the beginning of January, and during that time, I don't want to be thinking about what's going to impress and make my, our VCs happy, right? I want to be thinking about what have we promised, and we promised a lot <laughs> to our users and our customers during our crowdfunding campaign, and how are we going to deliver that? Uh, so the crowdfunding campaign was partially to, 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 to raise some more funding, it was partially for the money, but it was also, for me anyway, mostly about accountability, um, I wanted our first users to be people who were willing to invest in us over the long term. It's a, it's a, it's a one-year subscription that you purchase, so you're, you're basically purchasing, um, you know, a subscription, a recurring subscription to the service, annual. That's billed annually, so that's a pretty long-term purchase for a customer, you know, buying a product that they haven't seen yet. Yep. And um, and, for, and and I wanted to be sort of a, a, as account, accountable to our customers when we, you know, up to the launch of the product.
0: Um, it's a lot of pressure to to go through crowdfunding. Um, yes. How has that been so far?
1: Uh, it's been, it is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Just, I think the thing, the things about crowdfunding, I, this is my first crowdfunding campaign. And, um, you know, you just don't realize the amount of work that goes into creating one to begin with. So even just shooting the video, just writing the script for the video was we you know we really agonized over the script for a long time. We wanted to get the video down right. We needed to express. It was a great exercise, and it made us sort of express our goals and values in a in a in a succinct way. Um, but it was it was stressful. And then you're promising. You're making a lot of really big promises, right? Because you want people to join the campaign, and then you have to deliver. <laughs> um, yep. So it is it is a lot of pressure, and it's straight up you know hey. A lot of people are going to be really upset and vocal about the fact that they're upset because these are users who are um, who care about social media and use it really well. Uh, so we're going to have hordes of people with you know torches and and um, <laughs> and forks, you know, <laughs> complaining if we don't get this right. So it is a lot of pressure, but it's good pressure. Like this is this is the kind of pressure that I want. I don't want the pressure to get together the perfect pe- you know pitch deck for um, you know a, a billionaire, right? Sure. I want to have the pressure that of delivering a service that I said that I would deliver to a customer.
0: So you set a goal of a thousand backers. You're currently at 873 backers, and you have 24 days left to achieve 127. Seems very, very achievable. You know, it is achievable.
1: I'm very, very grateful. So um, that's that's the other pressure of a crowdfunding campaign is that you have no idea if the goal that you've set is completely unreachable, or if it's not ambitious enough. I mean, there's basically no way to tell until, the, like, the first 24 hours where you can get a sense, you know, of how yep. people are going to respond to it.
0: Did you have a plan if the funding goal was not met?
1: The plan was... Uh, so the plan was, I should say, we're not hosting this crowdfunding campaign at Kickstarter. We built this ourselves, so we could, we could engineer it, kind of the rules of it, the way that we want. So unlike Kickstarter, where if you don't meet, meet your goal you know, nothing happens. Everybody gets their money back and goes home and, and you don't have to make anything. We decided that we were going to launch whether or not we met our goal, um, but that if we didn't meet our goal, that that was, gonna, that was a huge red flag, that we hadn't communicated uh, what the, pro- the value of the product well enough, and that we would be probably staring down... Um, you know what? What are they? What's the, what's the buzzword? What's the word the kids use? A pivot.
0: <laughs> that oh. We have to really consider <laughs> a pivot. <laughs> yep, definitely. You are approaching a pivot at high velocity. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but it looks like uh, we're we're in a really good place, and I, I think that we are going to meet our, reach our goal uh, with time to spare, which I I'm very very happy about and grateful
0: for. So in the 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 standard trope of a crowdfunding campaign you have different tiers. What, what, what is the sort of the overview of the tiers? If we remove the early bird, I mean, that's, you know, early bird is early bird, but we've got member, pro, and executive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so a member is probably the most common uh, subscription for a personal individual user, which, which frankly is what ThinkUp is, is geared toward. Um, a member-level member, a member subscription costs $60 a year, which comes out to $5 a month. And that means that you can add one account per service. So you can add one one Facebook account, one Twitter account, one Instagram a- account, and you'll be able to you know reserve your username on ThinkUp because the service will be brand new. And um, and we also put together we're putting together a book of interviews with an incredible roster of really smart and creative and well known people. Um, it's going to be called Insights, and it's questions and answers, <clears throat> excuse me, about how they use social networking. So the member level is. Is the most is going to be kind of the most common. Mm-hmm. The Pro level is one hundred and twenty dollars a year. Uh, that's ten bucks a month, and you get everything the member does except that you get support for more uh, users. So to up to ten social network accounts across all the services. So Pro is for people who run more than one Twitter account, for example. Yeah. So so someone like you, if you know, if you ran multiple Twitter accounts for your shows you would qualify for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also access to new beta features that we'd be testing and access to new APIs, kind of the power users. Yeah. And then the executive level is the top tier level, um, which is $996 a year. That's $83 a month. And that's for companies. Um, that's for companies with big budgets who need to do serious, serious social social media analytics. Um, so you so you get everything, everything that members and pros get and then um, you know any num- any sort of reasonable number that we can support of social networking accounts and and you know kind of special access to Anil and I as founders um, and um, a kind of a consultation uh, relationship where we say what, what are the things that your company needs and what are you looking for?" and we'll see you know what we can what we can kind of do for do for your organization that's definitely for companies and and bigger brands
0: so will be people be able to move between the the levels. So if you're like a member, and then you, you're you're learning so much on ThinkUp that you have a company explode, and then you have a, a new treasure account that you launch. Will they be able to upgrade like to the pro level? Absolutely. Yeah. So people can mm-hmm. move between. That makes sense, right? Because yep. in theory. All of the members should become pros eventually. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> so, why did you choose a goal of 1,000 backers rather than a dollar amount, which is more, uh, con- which is more sort of typical with crowdfunding?
1: Yeah, you know, we didn't want the emphasis to be on money. And, and as I was saying to you earlier, like this was certainly partially about raising funding. But it was more about getting our a community of users or customers to commit to the product with a subscription. So, you know, for me, it was like we're we're building we're building a user base. Like I wanted yeah. to count our success in terms of people versus in terms of dollars, and and that was um that was that was a decision that we could make, you know, because we didn't use Kickstarter or another kind of framework, we could measure our success in terms of, in terms of people versus in terms of dollars. And, and that, that I, you know, I wanted that to sort of be an expression of our values. Like this is about getting critical mass versus raising a certain dollar amount.
0: You've mentioned a few reasons why it's been better for you to not use Kickstarter, but have there been any disadvantages that you've come across For doing this on your own I take that as a yes (laughs) yes
1: yes well I mean Kickstarter and Indiegogo these systems are first of all they're amazing platforms that introduce the idea of crowdfunding right which our crowdfunding campaign couldn't exist without them just because they they brought it into sort of cultural awareness but the tech behind them (coughs) excuse me the tech behind these systems is just very mature. Um, so we, we, I built all the tech behind this crowdfunding campaign, and it just wasn't like, you know, it wasn't tested, and it wasn't as robust as Kickstarter. So you'll see <laughs> on our crowdfunding uh, page, there's an early bird level, which is sold out. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that there were going to be 250 early birds, and it was a discount. It was like a $10 discount from member level. And... Um, I hadn't written the code that stopped it at 250. <laughs> so, which of course would have been built into Kickstarter. And then our first day was so successful that we blew through 250 and I, was able, I wasn't able to update the code. Like six people snuck in at early bird.
0: <laughs> I thought 256 was some sort of code joke that I didn't get.
1: Well, I'm glad that you thought
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's, there's obviously some, some thing that's too smart for me as opposed to, as to why it's 256. I'm like, I'll, I'll assume that's some character limit somewhere.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll own that. I'll take that. The truth. The truth is that the code was not written to stop early bird at 250. It, we got to it much faster. I mean, this is this is one of the problems of success that you kind of want, and so that's why 256 backers were early birds. Um, and you know, of course, like because Kickstarter handles. All that stuff in the background, and their system is so mature and robust for things like sending update, you know, sending updates to backers, and yeah. um, you know, already having a Kickstarter account established. Um, you know, we our process of signing up is, you know, you you. You authorize the payment from Amazon, and then you come back and you make a ThinkUp account, and then you authorize your, your Twitter or Facebook account. And, you know, users drop off at different parts of that wow. of that um, process. So, you know, we're in a position where we have to do a bunch of data cleaning and checking in customer service, checking in with customers. Hey, it looks like you gave us your email address, but not your Twitter account. Did anything go wrong? That kind of thing. So. The advantage of using Kickstarter, or Indiegogo, is that you you get all you know you get all these very mature, stable, robust tools. Um, but you know we we wanted to get subscribers to back us, uh, recurring subscriptions versus one time contributions, yep. and which Kickstarter you know or Indiegogo doesn't doesn't support. And we're also building a company, um, which Kickstarter is you know Kickstarter outright says that they're not there to launch businesses, right? They're there to yeah. support creative projects. So. We didn't quite quite align with uh, with Kickstarter's goals, so it was it's been a really fun fun ride d- running our own crowdfunding campaign.
0: What about from like a promotional aspect, do you think that it would have been different if you were on Kickstarter or because they have like their featured like pages and stuff, which I believe drive drive do drive some tra- traffic to people.
1: Yeah, you know we we um we considered that, and I have to tell you, I don't think that. I don't think that Kickstarter itself drives a whole lot of traffic to projects unless right. you, you get featured on their homepage. Yes, um, we knew that they are. Kickstarter is moving kind of away from software projects, so we felt like our chances of getting featured on the front page were th- were slim, and then it's more up to you, you know, to pro- promote your own project. And you know, for us, we're building a subscription system anyway for our customers. We have to build that anyway. Yep. So, and, you know, we, and we've got this, you know, set amount of money right now, and we've got so, so, so much runway, so we felt like, hey, if we have to build a subscription system already, why don't we have customers or users come to our URL that we already own and have them go into our system, even though it's not quite built yet, you know, build, ju- build just the parts of the system that let them sign up right now and then continue to iterate, uh, versus have them go to Kickstarter and then bounce them back to our site and hope that they convert, um, because that, that can be tough.
0: Yeah, when when I spoke to, to Dalton Caldwell on the show many moons ago, he mentioned the same sort of thing, that they wanted to build a system that then they could build their customers again in the future. Right. You, you know, because people will renew, they're less likely to maybe go in and enter all that information in again. So it was, it was beneficial for them, in the same way you guys, is to have the customer's account information, remind them when their time is coming up to renew, and then handle the renewing rather than making people go somewhere to do it.
1: Exactly, that, exactly.
0: That sort of benefit, let's say that you end up with, let's say with Kickstarter, let's say you would have had 2,000 backers, but having those 1,000 customers is much more important.
1: Exactly, that's exactly how, how we thought about it.
0: So um, I want to take just one more quick break, and then I want to talk to you about about the future of uh, ThinkUp and and what's coming um, after you guys finish the project. Great. So I just want to take a quick moment to thank Shutterstock, this is where you're going to find over 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and 1 million video clips. You can start searching at shutterstock.com to find the perfect image or media for your website, ad, publication, or just about any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to help you find images from across the world to suit your projects. You can choose between image packs, monthly subscription packages, or you can choose just one image for a blog, mock-up website, or something like that. You choose whatever fits your needs and you never need to compromise. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you're guaranteed to find something new since they add 20,000 images every day and 12,000 videos every week. It's much more affordable than you think. They don't charge you extra for large files. You can just download any image in any size and you just pay once. You can easily curate and share pictures via lightboxes, so you can choose your favorite pictures, videos, infographics as you're searching around the site, add them to a lightbox gallery and you can review them later on to pick your favorites. You can also do this on their iPad app as well. They also have enhanced license access, if you need that they can get that for you. They have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates and of course video clips should you need any of those, it's not just images. If you need any help at Shutterstock, you can get an account rep dedicated to you to answer any questions, but they also have 24-hour support during the week. So go sign up for a free browse account now by going to Shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed to do that. And when you find the images you like and decide to purchase, you want to use the code CMD. 1013, so that's command 1013, and that's going to get you 25% off any package. Thanks so much to Shutterstock for their support of the show. If you want to find the uh, code, you can go to the show notes page, and you can obviously find all the links for the episode at 5x5.tv slash cmd slash 67. So, in a couple of weeks' time, you are going to finish the crowdfunding, and then ThinkUp yep. becomes a thing. Yes, what, it's very where you, exciting. Where do you go from there? What What do you do next? <laughs> after After a big party, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> we are. We're gonna. We are gonna have a big party. So. We're going to be, and we are now, we're building, we're building the service, we're building the back end of the service. The goal of the crowdfunding campaign is to get at least 1,000 subscribers who've, who have committed to a, a, an annual subscription. And so then our goal is to fulfill our promises that we made for, from the campaign. We're going to be producing the, the e-book insights that we are giving to backers. Uh, we are going to be furiously building out our web infrastructure for deploying the installs to our new customers and the username picker and um, on January 15th, we will open up ThinkUp.com, the service, to all of our subscribers and backers from the campaign, which it's will be very, very exciting.
0: scares me every time you say that date. Yeah. Because you're committing to it. a date. Most people <laughs> just say January or spring. You're saying <laughs> January 15th, the day after <laughs> Valentine's Day.
1: Um. Well, no, Valentine's no, Day is February. February. Right. Of course. Uh, so no, not the day before. after
0: Valentine's Day, January 15th. So <laughs> uh, what makes you so sure about that date?
1: <laughs> you know, I I respond really well to dates. Like I when I when I have a date, when I have a definite goal, like that's something that's something I can hold on to. That's something I can work work toward. Um, I yes. Every time I say the word, the phrase January fifteenth, I am also scared out of my mind. <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote a blog post on my site about how I'm just terrified about this whole thing, but um, but we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. We we have the systems in place. We have we have the talent. We have great. We're working with some amazing people, and um, and you know this is this this app is four years old and this is a long time in coming. So we can totally do it. So. Before January 15th, though, I am moving. I'm moving. I currently live in San Diego, California. But I'm packing up my family, and I'm moving back home to New York City. Um, I'll be living in Brooklyn, New York, which is actually where I grew up. Um, and um, ThinkUp will have its offices in Manhattan, in New York. So we share an office space with uh, with Branch and Potluck uh, and Medium, which I'm very excited about. So, so yeah, so, f- so first... The first steps are a crowdfunding campaign wraps up on November 15th. Um, I move back to New York City in the beginning of December, and then January 15th we launch.
0: I mean, because you don't have enough to do, so you might as well just move across the country. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, the last 18 months of my life have been insane. Like I had I had like seven years of like calm, you know, going to the beach, like writing some stuff on some web pages. And then it was like have a baby, adopt that baby, start a company, raise a round of funding, move across the country, launch, launch a crowdfunding campaign, and uh, you know, sell, sell a place and buy a place. So I'm really looking forward to 2014 being calmer.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll, well, we'll see about that. So think up web only. For now. Now this must For be now, something that you are right. getting asked every single day, all day, every day. Where are my apps? Where are my apps?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah, it's a good question. So right now it is web only. It is completely responsive, so it looks great on a mobile device. But it really lends itself. It's a, it's a stream. It's a stream of insight. So it lends itself to push notifications. Um, to you know, smart push notifications. So yeah, we've got a Chrome extension that will send you a notification when you have a new in- insight. But the next obvious. Uh, development step is to make native mobile apps that will notify you of your new ThinkUp Insights. And, you know, we've experimented with things like Pushover, uh, which is a mobile app that sends general, you know, push notifications, IFTTT, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, native mobile apps are certainly on our roadmap of things to discuss. I don't have a date for that, though. I can't promise that by January 15th. (laughs)
0: You're going to have an API, though, right? So people could build them for you. I guess absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yep. The ThinkUp has an API now, and that will be that will be available. So, um, yes, let let the mobile apps bloom. I say.
0: Yeah, please. <laughs> so people <laughs> please. stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> so, my la- my last question. We kind of spoke about this a little bit, but ThinkUp has been an open source project, and you've mentioned it's going to remain this way. Um, even though it's going to be a paid service too, I guess really, why are you doing this in this way, and and how will that work?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ThinkUp is is an open source app, and you know, you imagine the model like WordPress.org versus WordPress.com. You know, WordPress is an open source web app that you can download and install on your own web server, but WordPress.com is just easy sign up uh, to use WordPress, and the code is you know, if not the same, then based on the open source app. And ThinkUp is going to be the same way. You know, ThinkUp was open source from the very, very beginning, um, mostly because I love open source, and I think that there's a tremendous amount of value of developing in public and um, writing code as if the whole world is going to see it. That helps, you know, really raise the bar for the kind of work that I do, doing it in public and collaborating. And it helps us, um, you know, what we were talking about earlier providing that feedback loop where users or developers can submit code to us um, to incorporate into the app. And, you know, one one of the things I feel very strongly about is getting... Young people, particularly young women, but particularly people who are not the usual suspects coding, particularly in open source. So I want ThinkUp to be a vehicle to help young coders get involved in open source projects. So I want ThinkUp to be a platform where a young coder can come up with a really cool insight idea, send me a pull request on GitHub, and the next day it's just deployed to thousands of you know real users on ThinkUp.com. I think there's just a lot of a lot of value in that. Um, so it's, the open source app is not going away. We got a lot of questions like, hey, you're asking people to pay. Does this mean it's not free or not open source anymore? I mean, that's not how open source works. You can't, (laughs) you can't license code to be open source and then just decide the license doesn't apply anymore, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a commitment. Um, but it was a very, it was a very uh, mindful one. And I think it's only going to make our company and the app way better.
0: So Gina, tell people where they can go to find you and think
1: Sure, you can find me. I think my social network of choice these days is Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at just my name, Gina Trapani. And um, I hope that you'll check out the crowdfunding campaign. If if you don't subscribe, you know, let us know let us know what you think or let us know the kind of thing that you would like to see in Think Up um that we haven't listed. And that's just at thinkup.com and um otherwise you know i'm around the around the internet you can just google me you can find my my nameplate site dot trapani.org to see what else i've worked on and um and thank you so much for having me back on the show i love this show and i really appreciated you getting me on the schedule uh in the in the heat of our crowdfunding campaign it really means a lot to me mike
0: no it's it was a pleasure it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you gino and this was the perfect time as you say it's, it's best to have you in the in the heat of the moment as it were <laughs> you know, while you're going through all of this and also I will have you I'd love to have you back on in the new year when when the the, the service launches so we can Oh talk I'd about love that thank gone. you cuz uh, as a thing over the, the the course of this show there's been a, a few people where I've, I've done this stuff with where I liked something big has happened to them and to sort of track that through I find that very interesting to sort of Touch base with certain people and see how this project has evolved over time. I think that it tells an interesting story. Maybe one day I'll, I'll link those episodes together in some fancy way but yeah you should that, that th- is cool I think that would be quite interesting so I'll I'll look at that I'll, actually, I'll put that on in OmniFocus to get to it at some point <laughs> <laughs> awesome so as I mentioned before you can get the uh, show notes for today's episode at five tv slash cmd slash 67 that's where you're going to find the links to all the Gina's stuff um, and also like the think up and all of that if you want to do that for your app of choice or through a web browser then feel free to do that. If you want to catch up with me on social networks, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thanks again to Gina for joining me, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.